Oh, good morning. Y'all are pretty. Must be the Christmas colors or something. Maybe it's the joy in your, in your face. I'm not sure what it is. You look good. I'm going to read to you a passage of Scripture. And it doesn't sound very Christmassy. Um, the title of this message is The Birth of Hope. The Birth of Hope. So listen to Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, 11 through 13. Therefore, and by the way, before I read that scripture, anytime you see the word therefore, you should probably ask a question. You all know what that question is? What's a therefore, therefore? You guys have been taught well. What's a therefore, therefore? I'll let you go back and figure out what the therefore is therefore later when you're thinking about the therefore, therefore. Therefore, remember that you... Once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. All God's people said, Amen. Not Amen. Amen. You got to, man, that's big. Did you hear that? There you go. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That changes everything. Having no hope is about as depressing of a statement as I believe that there is. Having no hope. Mm. This is the reason many seek counseling. Uh, They have no hope. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If you need counseling, go get it. But the point is, is so many people see no way out. Many despair of life and some even take their lives because they have no hope, which is a near and dear subject to me since I had a family member do that. No hope. It would be a sad day indeed if we could not find hope. But don't despair. We have hope. As a matter of fact, that's all we're going to talk about today is the hope that we have and why that's so important. In the season of Christmas, we celebrate the one who came to give us hope. In fact, you might even say that in the manger, we see the birth of hope, real hope. As Paul wrote, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. This morning, I want us to look at hope. Hope with a capital H. Our scripture for passage for this morning is Luke chapter 2. And you say, well, we've already read the scripture, preacher, move on. No, Luke chapter 2. Flip over there with me real quick. Flip over to Luke chapter 2. You can watch it on the screen if you want to, but I happen to uh, be in love with this, so I I like mine. You do what you want to. You can read it out of your word. You can read it out to mine. You've probably heard this before somewhere. It's long. So... 
Make certain that the loved one sitting near you knows to hit you in the ribs if you doze off. But I promise I'm going to read it in such a way that you just can't fall asleep. Follow along with me, either on the screen in your copy of the Word. Listen intently. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to all the, that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And so, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, clothes lying in a manger, and suddenly... And there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. This morning, hope. Hope with a capital H. Hope. We're going to look at the, the essence of hope, the substance of hope, the proclamation of hope. And I'm praying that God may grant us hope that goes beyond this world, one that spans the eternal ages as we find it in the one whose birthday we celebrate at Christmas, Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And you know what that means? We haven't even started the message yet. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, God, I love you, and I thank you. And I praise you this morning. Lord, as we launch into Christmas, as we launch into this season, Lord, the world is going to celebrate in so many ways. And Father, I'm praying that as we think about Advent, as we think about the meanings behind Advent, as we look into your word, as we consider uh, these stories of old, Father, that they would come alive to us and that we would recognize just what it is that you did for us that Christmas Eve night so many years ago. God, I love you, I praise you, and I thank you for the opportunity to stand here this morning, to gather with my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning, to proclaim the word this morning, to look at what you would have us to see, 
know and do this day. For it is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. As we begin to consider hope this morning, I want us to begin looking at the essence of hope. The essence of hope. You, you heard Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. <laughs> it was uh, that, that part where it came to pass. The, they had uh, Caesar Augustus and looked back at Quirinius, and they went up from Galilee, and, and then they, they went, and they, uh, uh, Joseph took Mary, his, his betrothed, who was great with child, and they, they started heading to get registered. While they were there, she was, uh, it, it came to time, and she, well, she's going to give birth. Y'all following along with me? <laughs> the prediction. I want you to listen to the prediction. Look at verse 1 with me one more time. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out. Did you hear it? It came to pass. I love those simple words it came to pass. For years, the prophets of God had spoken concerning this coming Messiah, three of which have direct bearing on what we're talking about this morning. The first one of those, real quick, this, this hope would be of the lineage of David found in 2 Samuel 7, 12. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. And then if you'll remember last week, we talked about Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. And second, this hope would be born of a virgin. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, the, the end part of that verse, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And thirdly, he'd be born in Bethlehem. Yeah, Micah 5, 2. You heard it a second ago. I'm not going to reread it. These predictions, some, uh, some almost a thousand years old, were brought to pass at the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem that first Christmas morning. Then there is the passage, the trip to Bethlehem. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, these are verses 4 and 5, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. The decree from Cyrenius was God's way of placing his servants where he wanted them, when he wanted them, and how he wanted them. Free part of the sermon this morning. This isn't a peep part. I am blown away how God could bring to the understanding, the realization that there was a church on the other side of the country and that this 
preacher and his wife would hear about it and God would move everything so that he would get his information to that church. That church would like him enough, which really questions the people on that committee. But, and, and that God would take and move me and my wife, Lisa, all the way across the country for such a time as this. It blows me away and I can't fathom it. It makes me so happy, but it reminds me of this story. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not putting myself in the story of Joseph and Mary. That's not the point because I promise you one thing to be a fact, and that is that my wife Lisa is not going to give birth to a child. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I've read the Old Testament and it made me nervous just saying that. <laughs> We need to talk, brother. <laughs> I need, anyway. It blows me away how God takes circumstances and puts his people where he wants them, when he wants them, where he wants them. This picture that we have in Scripture of Joseph and Mary, there was no reason in this world for her, great with child, to be traveling <laughs> All these miles to Bethlehem. <laughs> Except God said, this is how my child is going to be born in Bethlehem, as I promised over a thousand years ago. Isn't it amazing how God works? Not just in <laughs> our lives, but we can look back and see it here. L listen, listen to the details. The distance from Nazareth to Bethlehem is about 70 miles as the crow flies. I'm not sure if they even have crows there. Figuring 20 miles a day, and depending on the route that they would take, it would have taken anywhere from four to seven days. They were not in a nice riding vehicle. This pregnant woman close to her delivery date, it was a hard, hard trip for them to make. We have to remember God is in charge not only of the heavens and of the earth, not only of rulers, but he is the ruler and the one who controls the womb also. And his timing is always impeccable. Somebody please be listening. His timing is always impeccable. Amen. This brings us to the person, the real essence of hope. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Matthew adds, he called his name Jesus. It seems rather simple, even backwards, to have the king of the universe come to, the, to mankind in this fashion, in a lowly state. Then again... <laughs> I wonder how many of us, when we were born, had legions of angels proclaiming our birth. <laughs> I haven't heard it, but I've imagined it. This was no mere mortal. This was not just some babe that was born. This was Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. What an event celebrated with praise to God and thoughtful worship this Christmas. I think we should take time to sincerely worship him for what he has done for us. This is his son, the hope of all nations. 
Let's worship him as a church. Let's worship him as individuals. Let's worship him as families. Let's take our cue from the angels and let us lift our voices up to him in praise and glory. Jesus. Jesus is the essence of hope. But that's not all. It brings us to the second point. This brings us to the substance of hope. Listen again to verses 10 through 14 real quick. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you, and you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. The greatest of these is salvation. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior. A Savior. I want you to, this Christmas, wherever you go, no matter how often it happens, when you walk past a nativity, I want you to stop, and I want you to look at it. You know, all pieces are really cool. I love camels. I don't pay attention to the camel in the nativity. I'm not even sure he was there. Oh, I'll leave him here, though. I, but I want you to pay close attention, because there is a miracle, and it is salvation. It's salvation. That's not just a baby lying there. That's, that's salvation. That's the hope that you have to make it back to the Father. That's salvation that was born that night. That was Emmanuel, God with us. Not something simple. From the fall of Adam and Eve, this world laid waiting for the one whom God would send to redeem us of our sin. You see, when they sinned, that nature and the sentence of death came to all men. Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as though one man, through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Romans 6, 23, John 3, 18 and 36. Without a Savior, we have nothing to look forward to but the condemnation, death, and eternal wrath. But, by the way, sometimes when you say but, it can be a good thing. You've heard it before somewhere, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, and whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This morning, you can know the real substance. You can know the gift of Jesus Christ. He is the substance of Christmas. If you do this, here is the testimony of Scripture found in Romans 10, 9, and 13, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, say it with me, 
you will be saved. Not you might, not you hope, not you dream, not you, not you squeak by. You will be saved. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. With salvation comes two other blessings that make up the substance of hope. The first I would like to mention is peace. The angels proclaimed glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This peace is twofold. First, it is a peace with God. Mm. I want peace with him. I want peace with God. We are no longer at odds or at war with his will. We are with God. God has brought us from the side of the devil and into his family, into the family of God. We no longer have to worry about God's wrath or hell. Praise the Lord. I'm not sure you heard me. We no longer have to worry about sin, death, hell, and the grave. We have been born again to spend an eternity with him. An eternity, meaning forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I'm feeling like that child Chris was talking about. Forever. Forever and ever and ever. I get to be with him forever. This then allows us to know God and the God of peace an inner sense that is all okay. God is in control and I need not worry or fear. In fact, the angels told the shepherds to what? Fear not. Don't worry, guys. It's okay. <laughs> if this world is looking for anything these days, it is peace. And it will be found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior. <laughs> not only do you receive peace, you also gain joy. I've <laughs> got, got a quiz for you. In two weeks, you're going to be quizzed on this. You might want to write it down. You might want to memorize it. You might want to, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you see the Advent wreath? The Advent wreath is fascinating to me, obviously. We, we lit this one today. What's it stand for? Hope. Hope. What's it called? Prophecy. Prophecy. <laughs> he cheated. He came two services. <laughs> What's this one? Who said that? Awesome! It's the shepherd's candle. What does that one stand for? Uh-oh. <laughs> joy. It's joy. It marks the halfway point in the Advent. Because it's the third one that will, that's why I said you had to say, hang on to this in two weeks. You're going to be quizzed. I'm going to come in here and say, okay, what are we, what are we lighting today? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this, this candle, to me, rests on the fact that hope, hope came into the world. Because with that hope, I have peace, the peace with God, the peace with, with, with my soul. And that brings, ultimately, joy. <laughs> Do you want real peace and joy? It's found in Jesus Christ. Christian, if you know Jesus as your Savior, but you do not have peace and joy, I'm talking about you needing to address your relationship with 
Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And you can do it this Christmas. You can come and do what we Baptists call uh, rededication. It's what we, we Christians say, uh, I'm making a recommitment to, to him. It's a good time to do so, to, to stop and remember that maybe you were close to him at one point, but you, you fell away. Sin entered in or, or depression or, or hurt or pain or someone did something wrong to you. But it's not about what other do. It's not about what others have done. It's all about what Jesus is doing and what Jesus wants to do in your life. He says, come back to me. Come to me. I'll take your burden. It's no problem for me. You take up mine. <laughs> he says, I will care for you. What a Christmas present. Salvation, peace, joy, all in one person, and it's in Jesus and him alone. With the essence and the substance of hope explained and received, we now have to quickly move to the proclamation of hope. When the shepherds had experienced what the angels told them, they went and they proclaimed it to others. They made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning the child. They spoke of what? Not the angels. They didn't talk about the angels. They talked about... Jesus. They talked about the Savior. How can you and I do anything less? Those of us who have experienced the saving grace of Jesus, those of us who have the peace and the joy, those of us who at Christmas celebrate Jesus' coming into the world to save mankind, we need to proclaim the gospel and make it known both at home and abroad for it is the message of hope that we are called to proclaim. Last night, Lisa and I put on some nice warm clothes and we said we are going to immerse ourselves in Garden of Minden. We are going to become a part of the community and we are going to go out and we are going to watch the parade. So we did. Now, we weren't smart. We did not go out and put chairs out on the road seven hours prior. <laughs> We saw it happening, but we didn't do it. So Lisa and I got out there. We, we got out there. It was uh, about, I don't remember what time it was. We got there about a half hour early, whatever time that was. You, you, you do the math. I can't remember. But anyway, we got out there, and we saw that, indeed, we probably should have put some chairs out there. So we just kind of looked around. We didn't see anybody looking, so we stole two. <laughs> Okay, I didn't do that. I didn't. We stood during the entire parade. I'm just kidding. We would not steal. I promise. But we went out there. And I'm telling you this for a reason. We went out and we watched the parade. I thought, man, will this thing never stop? I kept going down and, <laughs> and kept going back up. It finally started. And this, all the parades coming by, you know, the dancing monkeys. and the, I'm just kidding. There were no monkeys. Um, it was fun. It was fun watching all of this go by. And the really cool one. This may be nothing to you all, but when those hot air balloons came by, blowing that flame up in the air, I was like, this is the coolest parade ever. <laughs> and I don't like parades. Anyway, but at some point, at some point during that parade, in all seriousness, I'm not a big parade fan. I got bored. I realized that they were throwing the candy only to the kids. <laughs> Lisa made me not go out into the street. <laughs> but I, I, at some point, got bored with the parade, and I started looking around. And this is what I started seeing. You know, all those people who were determined to have their chairs out there, 
and a couple thousand more. Look, let me tell you something about the parade here. It's well attended. There are people galore everywhere I looked. There were people. I told Lisa on the way home, I said, you know what I wanted to do more than anything? I wanted to go out there and jump up on one of those floats. I wanted to make them stop. I wanted to start preaching that salvation had come unto man and that everybody there needed Jesus Christ, needed to repent and accept him as their Savior and Lord. Because, my dear friend, if we have the story, if we have the salvation, if we have the hope, the joy, and the peace uh, that only Jesus could bring on that Christmas night, oh, my, how wanting are we if we don't share it with a lost and dying world who so desperately needs to hear it. Amen? We are called to proclaim the gospel and make it known both home and abroad for it is the message of hope that we proclaim and it all starts within our hearts. Listen, listen to um, uh, chapter 2 verses 19 and 20. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Folks, it can all start right here. It can all start right now. I'm asking, would you open your heart to him? Would you say yes to Jesus? If so, I want you to find me before you leave today. Oh, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk, and we're going to rejoice together. We're going to have a great day. (laughs) Would you be... The messenger, if you know Jesus, would you be the messenger of hope to a lost and dying world? Would you be a little boy that looks at his waitress and says, can I tell you about my church? Can I tell you about my Jesus? Can I tell you about my salvation? Can I tell you, huh? Because it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it could be the best that ever happened to you. Would you be the messenger and the proclamation of hope? This Christmas... My hope for you is that you will celebrate the birth of hope, Jesus Christ. In him we find salvation, peace, and joy. Would you celebrate with me and therefore proclaim the message of hope to a world in need? In need of what? In need of who? In need of Emmanuel, who is God with us. Pray with me, will you, Father? Oh, God, I love you, and I thank you, and I praise you that we have this this thing we call Christmas. But, oh, it's so much more than a holiday. It's so much more than just some time off work. It's so much more. It is the celebration of our Savior coming into this world to provide a way of salvation for us and a way back to you, Father, a way to be absolved of all of our sin and a way to live with that joy of knowing you. Father, I'm praying for those in this room who need to repent and come back to you. I'm praying for those who need to repent and come to you for the first time, and I'm praying for us as a church, as a family, as we go throughout this community and the far reaches, Father, that we would be sharing about the greatest story ever told. Jesus. He is born. He lived and he died, put into a borrowed tomb, raised on the third day, conquering sin, death, hell, and the grave, that we 
can know salvation and live forever. God, I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.